And well, as uh, Pastor Shane mentioned, we've been studying through the Apostles' Creed together, uh, talking about some of the basic elements of our faith. And so we've talked about how the Creed offers for us a, a summary expression of the faith, right? That it, it takes the totality of scriptures and it, and it brings it down into something that we can memorize, that we can take hold of, that can guide us, that can lead us, that can help us as we, as we read scripture, that can help us as we think about our faith to understand and to know it. Uh, the creed doesn't contain everything that we believe as followers of Jesus, uh, but it's a guide for us as we seek to follow Jesus, as we seek to grow, as we seek to study more. Uh, and so I'm going to invite us uh, to stand together. Actually, we're going to stand together and we're going to profess our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed uh, so we can be reminded of what it is that we believe as those who are followers of Jesus. If you'll join with me, uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we've talked about, you know, God the Father, right? Maker of heaven and earth. Uh, God the Father is the one who is the creator of the universe, creator of all things, uh, and who desires to be in relationship with us, his creation. That's, that's his desire for us to be his children, for us to draw close to him. And what a privilege it is that the God who has the power to create everything that is, everything that we see, those that are visible and invisible, that he desires that kind of relationship with us, to be near to us, how amazing that is. We talked about uh, God the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, what it means for us that Jesus took on flesh, that he walked among us, that he experienced everything that we've experienced as humans, that he understands us and he gets us because, because he's gone through it himself. And, and so Jesus knows what's going on within our lives because he's been there and, and he's for us. He is with us. Uh, that he loves and cares for us. And, and we talked about what it means for us to understand not only that, that nearness of the relationship, uh, but what it looks like to call him Lord, uh, to say that Jesus is the Lord over my life, that he understands me and he gets me and he invites me to follow him. And so if I, if I call him Lord, then I love him, I trust him. And I obey him. Uh, and this morning, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the third person of the Trinity, the, the third kind of I believe that we profess in the Apostles' Creed, and that's the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And our scripture reading is going to come from John chapter 14, uh, verse 15 through 27. Uh, as you're turning your Bibles there, uh, one of the things I think it's interesting as we as we read scripture and as we see the Holy Spirit throughout scripture is that oftentimes uh, when we're reading and we come across things that mention the spirit or the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit's not the main character in the story. Uh, a lot of times the Holy Spirit isn't the, the one that's placing himself first or taking center stage. The Holy Spirit is mentioned, but oftentimes it's the Holy Spirit doing something in somebody, doing something for somebody, uh, giving them something, empowering a person. Uh, But we'll also notice, though, as you read through the scriptures and you read about the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit is active in a person's life, in a situation, in a movement, that 
when, when people are walking in tune with the Holy Spirit, you can always see a difference in their lives. That things always look different because the Holy Spirit is present and is at work and people are allowing the Spirit to work within their lives. And so uh, as we begin to kind of explore the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit together, we're going to read Jesus' words here in John chapter 14. Uh, this passage is part of what's called the farewell discourse. Uh, Jesus is preparing his disciples uh, for the fact that he's not going to be with them. Uh, it's kind of his last big conversation that he has with them before his betrayal, before his arrest, his crucifixion, uh, his his resurrection from the dead. Uh, and then not long after that, Jesus ascends into heaven. And so he's, he's kind of telling them, hey, there's some things that are going to happen. These things are coming up. And if you're the disciples, it's probably pretty crazy to hear this, right? I mean, they've, they've walked with Jesus, been in ministry with Jesus, lived with Jesus for the past three years. And they're like, we're just getting ready. We're just getting excited for what is to come. And then Jesus says, well, I'm not going to be with you that much longer. I says, but I'm going to send somebody to be with you. And so it's probably pretty confusing for them. Uh, there's times when it's pretty confusing for us. But that's part of what he says the Holy Spirit is there for, to help us make sense of it all. And so we're going to read about this here together. Uh, John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. Uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. And he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. To be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you. And he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me. But you will see me. Because I live you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my father. And you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, uh, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? <laughs> Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word. And my father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. And I've said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Uh, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. And so Jesus uh, is, is telling the disciples that he's going to be leaving. He's preparing them for him to no longer be present, but he says, I'm going to send someone to be with you. I'm not going to leave you orphaned. You're not going to be alone. And actually, uh, I and the Father are going to come and make our home within you. You will be ever present uh, with me, ever present with the Father through the one who is to come. And, and this one that is to come, Jesus says, is the Holy Spirit. And, and there's several notable things here that he says about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus says that the Father will send the Holy Spirit in his name, and the Holy Spirit will be our advocate, our comforter, will guide us in truth, and will remind us of all that Jesus has taught. 
And it's interesting as we're reading this, as Jesus is talking about the advocate uh, that is to come, the Holy Spirit who is to come. The word that Jesus uses here is the Greek word uh, parakletos. And what this word means is uh, somebody who is called to come alongside of, someone who is called to come to someone's aid. And this is the description that Jesus gives for the Holy Spirit. He says, I've come and been by your side, and now the Holy Spirit is going to come and be by your side. He is going to be your helper. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your comforter. He is the one who will be with you. And this is something that's, that's important for us. Uh, I think it's important for all those who are followers of Christ because, you know, if, if Jesus was somehow still walking the earth by our side, he'd be 2,000 years old, uh, and that would be pretty crazy to have a 2,000-year-old person who's walking the earth. We'd probably take it for granted like we do most other things that are out there that seem a little bit odd. Uh, and so Jesus says, you know what, like, I'm not going to be here forever. But I'm going to send someone who can be with you forever, who can be with my people forever. I mean, Jesus uh, was human, which meant uh, being human that he was limited to a particular place and a particular time. He wasn't able to be everywhere uh, all at the same time because that's the limitations of being human. But the Holy Spirit isn't confined to a place. The Holy Spirit isn't confined into a particular location. And so Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who can be with you. And wherever you are, the Spirit will be with you. Whether you're you know, here in Port Charlotte, Florida, uh, whether you're in Jerusalem or Galilee where Jesus was walking, if you're in Asia, if you're in Europe, in South America, Africa, if you're anywhere, the Holy Spirit will be with you with you, my presence, my power, uh, God walking with you. He will make his home within you, take up residence within you. God's very presence and power to be your comforter, your helper, the one to guide you, to empower you, to live as God created you, how to live. Jesus says, right, the Holy Spirit is going to be that with you, to be that for you, that he's going to advocate for you, he's going to comfort you, He's going to remind you of all the things that I've taught. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you towards me. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us towards Jesus. It's the spirit of truth. It's going to teach us what Jesus said. And now some of us uh, here this morning, you might not remember uh, the, the first moment when uh, you felt drawn towards Jesus, uh, when you felt drawn towards taking a step in Jesus' direction, perhaps when you felt drawn to go to church, there was something inside of you that said, you know, hey, there's something I need to check out. You know, I, I need to go and, and see what's taking place here. I need to go and, and follow up and see what's going on with Jesus. I need to go look into the, this whole church thing. And you might not remember that moment, but there was something that, that drew you in, that led you to experience, to want to know and encounter Jesus. And I remember for me, kind of that moment when I first felt drawn towards Jesus and I recognized it and I said, yes. Now, I was at a point where I was realizing that my own life wasn't, wasn't really manageable. It wasn't something that was providing me the joy and the peace that I thought that I should have. And, and really my life was becoming a mess. On the outside, it looked like things were going pretty good, like everything was okay. But inside, I felt that sense of turmoil. And in the midst of that chaos inside, I heard something that said, hey, why don't you give Jesus a try? 
Why don't you take a step towards Jesus and see how that works within your life? And, and since I had grown up in church and stepped away, it was really like, hey, why don't you try Jesus again, you know, this time for real? And this idea came out of nowhere because I was, I was kind of content in the moment living apart from or living without Jesus. I mean, I wasn't content with my life, but, but I'd kind of become accustomed to not having Jesus as a part of it, not as a, as someone who's giving me direction. But there's this voice that said, Hey, you should take a step towards Jesus. And so I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow this little nudge, this little voice, whatever it was. And and then a couple of days later, I had this other idea that came to mind. I said, hey, you know that camp that you went to when you were a teenager? You know, the one that you worked at for a couple of years? Well, why don't you go to that chapel there? Now, I don't know why I felt drawn to go to that place. Like, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't something that I came up with or thought was like this grand idea. Uh, I mean, I the last time I was at that camp, I was being kicked out as a, as a summer camp counselor because I wasn't making good decisions, right? So I wasn't even sure if they would let me back on there. It wasn't my idea to go there. There was something that said I should go there. And so again, I said, okay, you know, I, I'm going to say yes to this. I created the space. I created the time. And I went and I followed this voice. I heard the voice say go. So I went. And while I was there praying in the chapel, they, they did let me back in. So that's, that's good. <laughs> good. They let me back in. I was praying in the chapel at that camp. And while I was praying, I heard God's voice say, you know, my son, I love you. And it was this voice that radically changed my life. And as I was sitting there and praying, I was inspired to read the Bible. I don't know what it was, just something within me said, hey, why don't you open up, read God's word, see what it says about God's love, about God's love for you, about who it is that God's love and how God shows us his love. And so I began to read and, and see about this God who loved me even when I was his enemy, even when I was walking completely in a different direction than the way that he wanted for me to go. This God who loved and cared for me. I read about a God who loved and cared for uh, the poor and the vulnerable and the marginalized, the people who felt as though they had no hope and no way forward, how God cared for them and how God desired uh, for all people to experience and know his love, to experience this reconciling work within their life. And it was, it was this moment, it was this time that changed the trajectory of my life. Because there was this nudge. There was this voice that said, hey, try Jesus. There was this voice that came and said, hey, why don't you go to this camp? There was this voice that said, my son, I love you. There was this voice that, that drew me into God's word to read it and to let it sink into my heart. See, that's the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. That's the work of the Holy Spirit who testifies to Jesus, who leads us and draws us towards Jesus, who, who puts us in the direction of Jesus, who reminds us of the things that Jesus has taught us. And you're here this morning because the Holy Spirit drew you towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit nudged you, pulled you, drew you towards Jesus, and you said yes. You woke up this morning and you didn't have to come. You didn't have to be here. You didn't have to be present. But there was something that said, I need to be there. And you said yes to it. And saying yes is an important part of, of our response because we could easily say no to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't often force us to follow. The Holy Spirit doesn't force us to comply. I mean, many people feel the sense of the Spirit leading them, calling them, inviting them towards Jesus and instead of saying yes, they say no. 
They ignore it. They find something else to fill their time. They let the distractions of the world get in the way. They let a bad experience get in the way. And so they say no. And there was a, a young man that I, was, I, I met this week. He, he shows up about every four or five months. Uh, he's drawn towards Jesus. But he's not quite ready yet to say yes all the time. He keeps showing back up because he needs prayer. He's showing back up because he needs somebody to remind him that he's loved, that he's worthwhile, that that God cares for him. And he knows it, but he's not ready to say yes just yet. He's saying no with his life. But the Holy Spirit continues to draw him, continues to lead him, and continues to guide him. And when we say yes to the Holy Spirit, though, when you say yes with your life, you're going to be drawn closer to Jesus. As you say yes, each step along the way, each time that the Spirit moves, works, nudges you, you're drawn closer and closer to Jesus, and you find yourself living a little bit more like Jesus. So this yes to the Holy Spirit's leading is a yes to Jesus. Uh, And it's a yes uh, each and every day of our lives. It's a yes each and every moment. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit within us. If the Holy Spirit is our advocate, our comforter, the one who guides us in truth, the one who reminds us of what Jesus said, then the Holy Spirit is, is always present. The Holy Spirit is always guiding. The Holy Spirit is always drawing us towards Jesus and always empowering us to live in the way that he created and called us to live. And the question for us really becomes, are we going to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance? Or are we going to say yes or are we going to say no? Now, a, a lot of times when people talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, we start talking about not only the Spirit who draws us towards Jesus, but the Holy Spirit who, who empowers us, who gives us gifts. There's this great passage in 1 Corinthians 12 where, where it begins to outline a lot of the gifts that the Spirit has given us. Uh, and, and we're not going to go through that. That's kind of your homework. You can read through that uh, a little bit later on. But one of the key parts of this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 is, is verse 7, where it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right? It's saying that each person, each person who follows Jesus, who said yes to Jesus as their Savior, uh, receives the gift of the Holy Spirit within them, and they are empowered with different gifts, not for their own benefit, uh, not for um, them to use so that they can uh, lord it over others, not so they can use that gift so they could somehow make themselves great, but they're to use it for the common good. That's part of the Spirit's work within our lives, to draw us into Christ, to draw us into one another as the body of Christ, so that we can lift each other up, so we can build each other up, so we can encourage each other to live and to walk as Christ did. And while the gifts of the Spirit are important, What I think the scripture points to us as being even more important than the gifts is what we might call uh, the marks of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit. It's the way that God's Holy Spirit works within us when we say yes to shape our character. That's an important part of allowing the spirit to work within us because there's a lot of people who've been gifted, who've done a lot of great things, whose character has not lived up to the gifting that they had. And so everything great that they did began to fall apart. The gifts of the Spirit are important. The the way that the Spirit empowers us to do the ministry of Christ in the world around us is important. But if we're just gifted and we don't have the character that goes alongside of it, then it all falls apart. And a lot of times it ends up doing more damage than it does good. 
And so we're going to read a little bit about this kind of character that the Spirit wants to work within us. It's in Paul's letter to the Galatians that we read about the Spirit's work to shape our lives. And so I'm going to invite you to turn with me real quick to Galatians uh, chapter 5. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, Paul's writing here and he's talking about what it looks like for Christ to work in our lives, what it looks like for us to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to the Spirit, and, and what the difference is when we say yes to the Holy Spirit versus saying yes to our own wants and to our own desires. Uh, what it looks like to say yes to the Holy Spirit as our guide versus saying yes to, to the things of this world. And so we're reading here in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 13 through 26. It says that you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another, right? This is part of the Spirit's work, to draw us to one another, to work within us so that we do good for one another, that we lift up one another. It says, for the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, and envying one another. Paul is writing, he's telling us about the kind of character that God works within us as we allow the Holy Spirit uh, to move and to work within our lives. Paul is painting a picture for us of what life looks like when we say yes to the Holy Spirit uh, instead of saying yes to our own desires. When we're saying yes to the Holy Spirit instead of saying yes to the culture around us. Yes to the Holy Spirit instead of yes to the patterns of this world. And so Paul says, hey, you, you need to walk by the Spirit. You've been gifted by the Spirit. That's great. Uh, you're going to live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to transform you. Allow the Holy Spirit to be at work within your lives so that you can be filled with His joy. So you can be filled with God's love. So you can be filled with God's peace, His patience, His kindness, His goodness, His gentleness, His faithfulness, and self control. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live this way. Uh, to live in such a way that we sacrifice our own wants and our own desires. That we humble ourselves like Jesus did. And that rather than placing ourselves first, we begin to lift up others. 
I mean, that's the work of the Holy Spirit within us. I mean, by my nature, uh, by my wants, uh, I'm not naturally the person who's just going to uh, serve others. That's, that's not in my, in my nature. It's not in my nature to be joyful, right? I mean, I was... Th- thanks, babe. Appreciate that. My, my, wife, my, my wife just kind of verified that, right? Like, that's not in my nature, <laughs> to be joyful. If there's joy within my life, I mean, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's work within me. Uh, it's not in my nature to be patient. I think my kids would probably tell you that. So like the times that I am patient, it's because the Holy Spirit is doing that work within me that's empowering me, enabling me to be patient. And this is what God wants to do in us. It's why God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we might be transformed into his likeness, so that we might be filled with those fruit, not just, not just for the sake of others, I mean, which is great that it is for the sake of others, but also for ourselves, also so that we might have that peace that passes all understanding, also so that as the Spirit works within us, that our lives might be more and more filled with joy as He takes up residence within us. You know, and there's, there's a part of this work of the Holy Spirit that's, that's important for us because it calls it, it calls it the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's, it's the way that people identify really what kind of tree you are, um, when Gwen and I first got married, moved into a house that had a couple of citrus trees uh, in the backyard. And it wasn't the time when they were in bloom or anything. Fruit was on the trees, so we weren't sure what they were. We were told they were orange trees. And, you know, whenever the time came, you know, oranges were what came out on the tree. But what if instead of an orange, there was something that was yellow and that was shaped more like a football than a baseball? Right? We wouldn't call it an orange tree anymore. We would call it a lemon tree, right? Or if the fruit, if the fruit on the tree was an apple, it was apples or, or if it was bananas or kiwi or or something like that, it doesn't matter that somebody told us it was an orange tree. I see an apple on it. It's an apple tree. A tree can't produce fruit that is different than, that is other than the kind of, of tree that it is. And so it's the Holy Spirit's work in us that enables us to produce fruit that resembles Christ. Like when you take a look at yourself, when others take a look at you, the, the kind of fruit that you're producing is going to tell them, is going to identify who you are to them. And, and really, when I take a look at my own life and I think about the kind of fruit that I'm producing, it's, it's telling me, you know, who I am, how closely I'm walking with Christ, how, how much I'm saying yes to the Spirit's guidance, to the Spirit's leading within my life. When, when uh, your life produces fruit, it tells others about what's going on. The fruit your life produces says something about who is guiding you, whose voice you're listening to, which desires that you're giving into. And, and I realized this morning that none of us have quite reached perfection. Uh, but I wonder if you were to, to look at your life, what kind of fruit uh, is your life producing? Is it filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness? Or is it filled with, with jealousy and anger and envy. What kind of fruit is your life producing? Because that tells you about whose voice you're listening to. Now, the good news that scripture tells us is that the Holy Spirit is, is always reaching out, always drawing us towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with us, wants to guide you, uh, wants to help your life look more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants this kind of fruit to be evident within your life. So we just have to create that space where, where we're able to say yes to the Holy Spirit's work within our lives. Uh, We have to create that space 
where we allow the Holy Spirit to, to do that transforming work. The kind of space where we uh, allow ourselves the opportunity to listen for the Spirit's voice and to be able to say yes to us. And so this morning, uh, we're going we're gonna to take a minute here as we're wrapping up. And, and I want to invite you uh, to, to say yes to the Holy Spirit. Whatever that yes might be, whatever direction the Holy Spirit might be leading you and guiding you in, to say yes to it, to take a, a moment and say, you know what, what, what kind of fruit is my life producing? How am I allowing the Spirit to move and to work within me? How is the Spirit trying to shape me in this moment? What parts of my life do I need to give over to the Holy Spirit to say, come in and, and take control, come in and transform, come in and move and work within me. To take a look at the fruit of your life and see, you know, what areas you need the Spirit's work in. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is our advocate, uh, our comforter, God's presence and power at work within us, who leads us, who guides us in truth, and who draws us towards Jesus. So let us this morning be drawn towards him. Let us find in him what we need in this moment. Let us live our lives more fully for him. I 